After one of the most special seasons in Pitt football history, Pitt now has a chance to defend their Coastal Crown, their ACC Crown, their Coastal Division Crown. And then whether or not they do that, that'll be it for the Coastal Division. So Pitt will have one opportunity to defend that Coastal Crown. And if they do go back-to-back, they will not have a chance to go three in a row. This will be it because the ACC announced that they are scrapping divisions. So some of you college football fans, you may be familiar, kind of the Big 12 has been doing this for different reasons. They are just going to have the top teams play. They're going to have a different format. They're going to have every team play each other. It may impact the schedule. It may impact pit football, but the division format is gone. And of course, I'm Mike Oste. I'll be joined by Mike Fakovacan as always. And this is Mike'd Up here on Pittsburgh Sports Live and for Pittsburgh Sports Now. And we are going to give our thoughts on this, how this will impact Pitt, whether this is good, bad, or indifferent, and what this maybe could do to the schedule. And if this changes anything schedule-wise, robbery-wise, etc. So, Mike, first off, I wasn't surprised by this news. I'd imagine you weren't really surprised either. We definitely heard some tea leaves. There were rumblings of this. And as I mentioned, the Big 12 had already been doing a similar format to this. They didn't have divisions once they regrouped themselves, and then they're going to have to do that again. So it's not wild for college football. I wouldn't be shocked, actually, if we just get there in general, all sweeping across the board, whatever how the conferences will look in the immediate future. But Pitt does win a coastal division. They do win a division. They did just win the ACC, best season they had in 50 years. They're going to be able to defend it, but then not much further than that in terms of the division format. And Pitt, a few years earlier, did get in the ACC title game by winning a coastal division when that division was down and Pitt wasn't nearly as good as they were last season. So they kind of benefited from the division format that year. So it's two different ways of slicing it for Pitt because last year, obviously, they would have been one of the better teams and in that game regardless before we fully unpack things number one do you do you like it do you not like it would you rather have kept the division division format or do you like where we're headed now where they scrap the divisions and kind of go to the two best teams are going to play everyone's going to play each other and we're kind of going to have one ACC brand all across the board well in general uh if I'm just a college football fan I I I think I would like it uh why not? It's not a, um, I think it's good. You get your two, two best teams in terms of I'm following Pitt. Um, I probably don't like it in the sense that um, it's going to make it very difficult to um, probably play in the championship game. You're going to have to have a hell of a year uh, to do so, to be one of the top two teams. Like last year for Pitt, you yeah, have to right. mirror that season again. Not that it's imp- not that it's impossible. Um, right. It just uh, it's going to put a lot of pressure on the coaching staff if, if they want to repeat that. The only the, the only thing that could change that is if college football ever gets their act together and does what they should be as far as the uh, expanded playoffs. Uh, right. You know, and, and then they have a chance. Uh, you know, once again, depending on how good they are, all this reinforces is the fact that uh, Pitt is going to have to try to maintain their excellence um, in recruiting and everything else if they want to enjoy uh, special seasons like last season. 
you know, because as you mentioned, there, there was that way, not that you ever want to backdoor your way into anything, right. but you know, a few years ago when they played, obviously they weren't one of the better teams in the ACC conference, but thanks to playing in a, their conference or their division that was uh, uh, watered down or not that good, they had an opportunity. So it, uh, I, I don't think it's in the end, it's all going to be up to Pat Narduzzi and his staff and how, how they coach these players up, how they get recruits in here. But uh, I don't think it's going to impact pit football uh, a whole heck of a lot, because in the end, you still have to be good in order to get where you want to go. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to put pressure on maybe more motivation. But if Pitt takes things where they could, from the special year, you build on a Heisman candidate, a special year, a New Year's Six Bowl, et cetera. You get a top transfer to come in. It still certainly should be good this year. And that should send you on a trajectory to be able to peg that into the future. And I'm not saying Pitt's going to get back to where they were in the 70s, but you certainly could improve upon that that doesn't have to be the only special year in a 20-year period, et cetera. You can build upon and have more of those type of years. So if Pitt does all that the right way, then as you're saying, it won't really matter because they won't be in the game every year, but they should still be a contender and be in the game occasionally, if not most of the time. And obviously Clemson's going to be a factor and they're probably going to be in there all the time. And maybe Florida state will get back to where they were. Miami's building it up. Maybe they're going to be the number two, if they get to that point. So maybe there's more competition now, regardless of division, but Pitt should still be a player in that if Pitt doesn't treat it the right way. And there's no reason to believe they're not, they're, they're going to flounder off of last season then they would maybe have some problems. If they go back to where they were the last two decades of Pitt, then yeah, you might have to backdoor in and then that wouldn't be a thing anymore. So that will be say hard. That and, and Pitt got boat raced in that game they were in a few years ago. But yeah. We'll say that they're getting a benefit though with their um, uh, schedule, their, their permanent three teams that they're going to be uh, earmarked to play. They're, they definitely um, – right based off of the last, not just based off the last year, the year before <laughs> a while. Yeah. Yeah. The last 10 or 15 years, they, they you know, they're, they're, they're getting a little bit of a benefit with, you know, the thing, I know you're going to bring this up now, the three permanent teams that um, yeah. teams have to play. Yeah. And you did mention in Carlo, uh, Carl um, had a, had an article there on Pittsburgh sports now about that and talking about, um, Virginia Tech and and different opponents. Boston College and Syracuse. Boston College and Syracuse. Yeah, Boston College, you know, Syracuse. Who you're mentioning, right? Yeah. So the fact that they're going to have to play them every year, um, as opposed to and even Virginia Tech's not been that great either, even though they're, right. they've been a better program. So those three are are, are favorable right. matchups. Pitt should be favored in most of the time. Yeah, though that you know that's the best, obviously best brand, best program that they're going to have to play right. out of the three. You know, as opposed to if they were uh, assigned to uh, have, you know, Miami, uh, Florida right. State, and, you know, somebody else is your permanent opponent. Obviously, that uh, you would think that those at some point, those programs are going to get better. Uh, you know, I don't know when. Uh, it's kind of mind boggling the fact that, uh, you know, Florida State, <laughs> Miami, you know, stink as bad as they do, uh, considering where they are. But, you know, they, they'll turn it around at some point. And if they're your opponents every year, uh, you know, that's difficult as opposed to nothing, not a complete slap against Boston College. But, you know, they're Boston College. Yeah, they're, yeah, not, yeah. 
Right. You know, they're not. Doug Flutie's not walking through that door. This isn't right. Exactly. Right. And we'll see how long Jeff Halfley, Jeff Halfley, it's all about coaching. And Jeff Halfley is a good coach, their new young coach. Uh, Sooner or later, how long does he stay there? How long does he, before a Power Five team, uh, you know, tries to go pluck him out of uh, Boston College? And then that changes the whole uh, outlook of Boston College football because right now it's on the, it's on the rise because he's a uh, he's a good young coach, a uh, hell of a recruiter, and he's built a good staff around him. How long could they keep him? Uh, Syracuse, <laughs> uh, you know, they haven't been good since Donovan McNabb. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. I, I don't know who's ever going to turn them around. And Pitt just doesn't have problems with them. Are they going to occasionally lose to Boston College? They Or Syracuse? Yeah, they might. Yeah, like Syracuse but, you know, does play real well against Clemson, oddly. They really compete against Clemson, yeah. but not they Pitt, play no. Clemson. They say play Syracuse 10 times. Right. Pitt's going to win uh, eight or nine of those games. Yeah. Seven, that, eight that's or just nine, the way yeah. it is. And Virginia tech will be a matchup. Uh, we'll see. Uh, you know, they have a new coach now, uh, Ben, uh, Brent Pry from uh, Penn state. Uh, we'll see, you know, uh, they really have, they, they, I consider them to be, I don't know what you think they're the, to me, they're if you're late listing your most overrated programs that get the national attention and love, yeah. and people always throwing right. them in the early top 25s and stuff like that. And the end, end of the year, you find out you know they were a, a, a very average uh, to below average team. Uh, but they're in a recruiting hot, they're, they're in a place that has tons of talent, so there's no reason why that place. Uh, shouldn't win, uh, sort of like Florida State, but uh, great three matchups from there. And after that, it's just a rotational as far as who the other uh, five opponents are in your schedule. Mike Fakova, Ken, Mike Osti here, mic'd up on Pittsburgh Sports Live. Comment below, subscribe below, and then also, of course, follow Pittsburgh Sports Now for all of this coverage and everything else going on with the Pitt football program, basketball program, et cetera, overall uh, on PSN. But, yeah, that's a major point. That is a major point, that even though this absolutely makes it harder and probably means Pitt will be in the title game a little bit less often just because you can't back your door, you know, your way in. It doesn't. You don't have to just worry about three teams having a down year and then all of a sudden you can get in there no matter what your win total is. You have to worry about more, but it's not like it's murderer's row in terms of the schedule that's locked in. Even speaking on Virginia Tech, you figure you're going to be better than Syracuse and Boston College 90% of the time, honestly. And then Virginia Tech, you probably figure that you're equal or better 75 to 80% of the time, if not more. And you could argue what you're saying, that the last time Virginia Tech was an elite program, not long after Michael Vick, and certainly when he was there, I mean, they have been... Mm -hmm. Highly rated in terms of recruiting. They have started years in the top 10, top 15, but where they end is what the big deal is. And they usually end either barely in the top 25 or outside of it. Last year, you even go to some teams had big wins against them. They thought it was a big deal. They're celebrating a trophy. And then Virginia Tech just loses out. Doesn't feel as great. So yeah, Virginia Tech maybe is an overrated program. And I don't think it's a program Pitt is scared of by any means. You could argue Pitt actually has been better, if not equal, to what Virginia Tech's put up over the last five to 10 years, even though some Pitt fans thought they weren't doing enough. Virginia Tech has certainly floundered. So that's absolutely a factor here. Um, Now, do you like the fact that there are like, 
there are these games in rotation that they're going to have this in terms of a, a, do you think this can do anything to building those rivalries? Do you like this in general? You have those three teams locked in. We did talk about how it's easier opposed to others that could be in there, but do you like the overall feel digging deeper than just that it will be harder for them to get in the game? This could potentially reignite some rivalries that maybe have gone by the wayside, like his Pitt and Virginia tech, Mike, are they really rivals? That's probably a debate. They probably aren't, but could they become rivals now like say West Virginia and Virginia Tech are rivals because of proximity could Pitt and 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 Vautech become rivals because of things like this could this actually benefit in that respect maybe even help attendance for those games and interest for some games because you're actually rebirthing some rivalries and they had old rivalries with Boston College and Syracuse back in the day BC in the 80s do those rivals get new life and maybe even sprinkling in the other schools obviously I don't know that the any of these schools are ever, honestly, I don't think, I, I think Pitt's going to, joining the ACC was good for their athletic department. Their, it was good for their football program. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not so sure about their basketball, but, you know, money-wise it was. Uh, I don't think any of these teams that they're going to play in the big, some of these new teams that they're ever going to play, in the ACC, they're they're ever going to recreate rivalries with. I, okay, I just, I, I just don't. I don't. I think I don't think the fan. We want to talk about rivalries. You play rivalries. You know, West Virginia, Pitt, schools like that. Those are where you have rivalries. You don't. Uh, right. No matter where they play Wake Forest, they're never going to be a rival. I, I think Syracuse and West Virginia, or excuse me, Syracuse and Virginia Tech are the closest thing that they're going to be getting to rivalries but uh the rest of these schools uh, all, all Pitt has to hope for is uh when they play these teams uh they're going to be good matchups because none of these t- teams are ever going to be huge draws to Heinz Field but the only thing that's going to get people to Heinz Field is Pitt having a winning program and if it's a big game other than that it's not like happen. yeah like the backyard brawler or yeah the you know th- those are rivalries th- these right. games are just opponents that Hopefully, at the time they play, they mean something. Uh, as far as the rotation of, it, yeah, because uh, the, the one thing I like about it is the fact that uh, hopefully we're going to get a chance to. If you're a fan of Pitt, you're going to get a chance to see some of these teams a little bit more than they have. Yeah. Uh, you know, we haven't seen anything of Florida State uh, one time. Uh, Louisville is a team that I, you know I, I, I enjoy watch playing because I think they have a fun brand of football. Uh, you know, they played Clemson a couple times, um, but those are the teams I think fans want to see, uh, especially, you know, a team like Florida State. Uh, I think that's just, you know, that's a national program that uh, Pitt fans would be up for. Uh, Louisville, I think, is a good team. So they're going to be in the rotation. I, I think you have to do that uh, because, you know, Duke and uh, some of those other teams are just and I'm sick of seeing North Carolina every year. Right. I uh, think they're trying to make – I also think the whole conference almost is trying to make that a rivalry. It's yeah, I'm kind of glad that that wasn't one of those teams. I was uh, – that's what I was talking about. Like, if they would have put Pitt's schedule, yeah. permanent three teams being Virginia Tech, North Carolina, and Florida State, you know, then things are going to be held a lot harder. <laughs> because no matter what, North Carolina is going to going to get players down there in the player – you know, that's a – Yeah, uh, yeah you know, that's an above average program. So that, that, that would be difficult as opposed to what Pitt has now. So I think it's a good thing, but I'll tell you one thing, Mike, the thing that's going to 
could really hurt Pitt here uh, in terms of, and I think we're, it's going to be interesting to see how fans react to this, and they're going to have to really have uh, the talent level up here because their their non conference schedule the next few years yeah is brutal brutal next year there isn't a team in the country that can say that they play i'll say that right now and i guarantee i'm right not, <laughs> i'm just telling you yeah 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 i'll, I'll fact check you afterwards three or four non-conference teams next year they're darn conference games cincinnati west virginia and notre dame yeah and and I guess, at least as we stand now, not historically, but West Virginia, I guess, would be the, the easiest of those three games. And that's hard to say because it's a backyard it's brawl. In, and, but it's in Morgantown. And it's in Morgantown. And yeah. maybe if JT Daniels has a great year, he would come back for another one. So he could still be there, uh, even if he's not, though. Yeah, that – yeah, a, it's not easy. And then you take those three games. That doesn't happen anymore. When I, when I was younger – I hate saying that because it just makes me sound like an old man. <laughs> but when I was younger, you used to used to see a non-conference schedule like that, and you wouldn't even think about it. You no, now it does not. Right. On it. No. Now it's filled with, you know, you know, you play one good team in the non-conference just so you get three wins and then it's done. Well, that's, a, that's actually where I was going to kind of go, Mike, and I was going to ask if because of this new format, and obviously those games are put in place years in advance and you have scheduling and agreements, so it's not like Pitt saw this news and then just kind of messed things up in any way. So people upset about that and think it's unfair. It, this was put in place ahead of time. But now that we know the news is official and that the division format is gone and you're going to have the rotation of games and the three locked-in opponents, even if they're maybe on the easier side, and but you will see maybe the Florida States more often. You're not having to just go back to Jameis Winston to remember that last game. You're going to see them more often, and those programs could get built up, and maybe Pitt could lose more in-conference games because they might be tougher, et cetera. When you have an out-of-conference schedule like that, it only can get tougher because, as you know, and I think we're both kind of agreeing in the annoyance of this every college football season, you always have one team that doesn't play a really tough out-of-conference schedule. They just rely on the in-conference, and if the in-conference is down, say UCF and Cincinnati have benefited off of this, they're going to stack wins. And then what you're giving me there is, Pitt, if they drop one of the in-conference games, if they happen to have a tough year against Virginia Tech because they happen to be up every six, seven years, plus they lose the out-of-conference games, that's three losses, and you're far out of the playoff, even if they would expand probably. So my question to you then, does this new format for the ACC, getting rid of the division format and looking for one brand across the board, two best teams play, the rotation, et cetera, of this schedule, does that influence how Pitt will schedule games into the future beyond this stretch? Meaning Pitt might say, and this is a thinking for some programs, we don't want to have a really easy schedule. We do want to have some fun games. We do want to have some tough out of conference. It seems like they want to keep the backyard brawl, if nothing else, maybe Notre Dame too. But the best college football schedule to actually get in the playoff and win a national championship, which is still the ultimate goal, is to have a good schedule, but not a schedule that's too tough. There is a such thing as too tough. That's why Bama scheduled Mercer, because they have six conference games that are ranked with top 15 teams. You don't want it to be too tough. Does it impact that thinking for Pitt with this new format? Well, we'll see. I, I don't know, because... Um... Would it scare you off then if you're in charge? Be hesitant if you're in charge? No, I, no. Uh, I, I like this. Uh, 
that's a good question. The only problem is three of the next three seasons, right? Uh, are their, their non conference schedules are pretty much filled. They don't yeah. have they don't have multiple openings next year. They have one. Um, they I have mean, one, into the future though, because I know they're locked. Yeah, in yeah. Twenty twenty six is when it could. They start that season with a uh, the only game they have scheduled. And 2023 is when there's no divisions, by the way, too. This coming year, your pit's going to have the Coastal. Right. Still. Uh, right. 26, they, they have uh, 2026, they have Wisconsin. And then they have three other. That's yeah. not a sleeper. <laughs> no. right. and, they, and then they have three openings. I would imagine thing, you know, they could go to the MAC route. Uh, I think when you talk about lesser non lesser non conference right. opponents, I think that's where you're going to be. They're going to be looking to schedule things from. I, but uh, the thing that I want to caution, you know, you bring up the you, know, you lose a couple games and you're out of the playoffs. I think I I think Pitt fans have to not readjust, but uh, when you play a schedule like they are in 23, they have those teams. Yeah. Plus they play on the road at Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, Florida State, Louisville, North Carolina, and then those teams. That yeah, that's is hard. A, that's a hard that schedule. Is a hard. I, I think you're going to have to readjust if they don't win nine games that year. Yeah. Which that... I think would be very difficult to don't say that it was an awful year. I think you have to take into account. You have to take strength of schedule into consideration for these teams across the board in college football. You do. And and, and quit just having a number as to what is a good season or not. Because I'm just telling you, 23 and 24, their schedules are loaded. Um, So I'm not saying lower expectations. What, What I am saying is, don't start the fire the coach. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if they finish the season with, you know, eight wins, that won't be a terrible season. Yeah, it doesn't have to mean that. Like, if, if they come back next year and defend the, the Coastal crown in the last year of the Coastal and they have a solid year with Slovis, and then maybe they repeat that with another solid year, at least to what expectations should be, and then they follow that up with dropping to seven wins, it doesn't have to be the end of the world of what happened right. to Pitt because the schedule is going to get even, actually even harder. But I will say, we know there's conversations already about having the, you have this rebirth of the backyard brawl for these few years. September 1st is happening again this year to re to rebirth everything and then ignite a few years. They already are looking to do it again after you have that block of time and they're going to rebirth it again. So based on what you're saying is it very likely could be that after that stretch that we're talking about now, the out of conference for Pitt, unless obviously the conference has changed and West Virginia joined the ACC somehow, but it could very likely be you have the ACC schedule on a rotation. You have those three locked in games. You have West Virginia and then a Mac school. And then maybe Notre Dame because they're not in the ACC conference for football officially. That might be the schedule. And if you want to keep the backyard brawl, that might have to be the schedule where you throw a Mac team. In. And I know people maybe would say, well, maybe I would rather see a Cincinnati and West Virginia in the same year somehow. That might not be a benefit to the program. It might be best to do what you're saying. You have the one, you have a Mac, and it's not a guarantee to win <laughs> against the Mac team. Oh. But likely you figure that, that you should be winning more often than not. And it's a, you know, how you, you might not be able to do a real tough game that's special and the rivalry if you want to keep a certain win total. I, I would watch how much I play Notre Dame. If, if they, if they want to be serious about Matt. 
they want to be serious about their playoff chances or where they finish and all that stuff. You figure you're not favored in any of the games you would imagine. Right. I, I would rather, honestly, I would rather them play Cincinnati and West Virginia every year. I was always a fan of playing Cincinnati. I, I just, I think, they're, they're, I think they're close enough. I think they play a competitive, uh, a real competitive, even, even before last year where they. Uh, There's been a whole debate. And I talked about this on, on, a, on another show just for WV sports. Now that in our family that, there's a whole debate and people want West Virginia and Cincinnati to kind of become rivals now because yeah. of proximity, because they share recruiting. Now they're going to be in the same conference. Pitt could join that mix, even though they're yeah. not in the same conference. Yeah, that could make sense. Yeah, I, I, I just like that. They, they, they had great matchups when Pitt was in uh, with one stat when they were in the, uh, uh, you know, when they were in the Big East. Uh, yeah. I, I just think that, that, that that's it's a, a city. Good... It's a similar cultural vibe. Yeah, I think that's a team that you can, you know, we talked a little bit earlier about rivalries and stuff. I, I think that's a team that you'd want to have on your schedule a lot. Uh, now, especially now that they're, you know, now they're going to have more cred because right. of being in the uh, uh, the Big 12. So uh, that's, a, uh, who knows how or Heather is going to start scheduling. Uh, I would imagine uh, after these next couple years of, playing a really difficult schedule once you get to 2026 they ha they'll have uh they have three openings i would imagine two of those would be you know a mac and uh you know i, I don't know a team that they've been playing lately is like new hampshire or umass yeah i don't, I, I hate those games but i see i, I see why they play and then another, i would imagine that the 26 they'll probably try to get another power five team in there of some sort. I don't know who, but would you, but uh, you would prioritize like the backyard brawl yeah, oh, hell yeah. over say Notre Dame on a regular oh, basis. A thousand percent. Cause those yeah. decisions might have to be what you're making at some point with this new format. Yeah. Uh, no question about it. I, I would schedule, honestly, I would schedule West Virginia before I schedule Penn state. I, I, I would just, uh, that, that would be my, if, if I'm, if I'm, it seems easier that. too. It seems like West Virginia is more on board in terms of, you know what I mean? Like it seems right. like that wouldn't be as hard. West Virginia and, and to West Virginia and Pitt's credit, once they were no longer in the same conference and couldn't play every year, they both, basketball and football, were working together yeah, to right. get it back. That's not always been the case with Pitt out of conference rivalries. No, uh, they, they've done a really good job of uh, keeping the uh, keeping the basketball rivalry together. Right. And that's you know, West Virginia has dominated, despite the fact that West Virginia has dominated that over the last uh, number of years, they've still kept that going. That hasn't backed, uh, that hasn't backed uh, Pitt right. away from playing them, right. you know, and I wonder if that's, you know, one of the reasons why uh, for years Penn State wouldn't play Pitt is I, I think because Penn State's basketball program was terrible. <laughs> right. Seriously. No, it, no, yeah, there was the yeah, right and, and you don't want to get your ass kicked by Pitt, so you don't schedule them. Um, and, and I give the two departments uh, very, uh, you know, high marks for keeping the basketball thing going. And now, hopefully, Shane Lyons and Heather Light can keep the uh, try to find ways to schedule those the football teams uh, as much as possible because you know that, yeah. that's a good thing. That's all anyone's talking about when you talk about Pitt football. And also from the West from the uh, from the West Virginia side too. Everyone's yeah, looking to September first. Right, players are already talking about it. Uh, you know, there's already 
uh, you know, smack talk going on between that, that's what you want. That, that's how you want. Uh, when, when these two teams go to camp, uh, whenever they head to camp, there's not, yeah. gonna be, there's not gonna be any problem with motivation or focus or anything like that. When they know who they're opening up, they're not opening up against, uh, you know, uh, Tennessee Chattanooga or some, you know, some program like that to start the season. They're opening up against West Virginia. They're opening up against Pitt. So that's the way it should be. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and you have you have Kenny Pickett and Pat McAfee, John, back at, yeah, at each exactly. other. Yeah, I mean, exactly. That's that, what I'm talking a, about. It's a fun thing, and you could it's even a argue way to open that, the season, right? And you could even argue that it's it's great to have that be a season opener versus just randomly in week five. And it might even be better for if you're Pitt coming off a, a special year to go into that get, that season and go into that week one, and maybe you're even more up for West Virginia than even you would be if you were playing a random out of conference opponent who even is a, a major program. Say maybe you're, say you're playing Tennessee or, or you're playing even, you know, Alabama, obviously, even though that would be hard to ever win, but this is something that you can say, okay, it's winnable, but we can't sleep through it or it could be a problem. Cause even though they're down, it's a rivalry and we don't want to let them brag all year, especially if we're coming in as the favorite and it's at home. And then this is going to be gonna open up. Plus it's right. the first game of the season on national television everyone's going to be they want to uh, show last year's not a fluke obviously they want to show yeah. that the people who had left the program maybe made a wrong decision they can still do it after Pickett, even though they love him they want to show they can do it after Pickett. narduzzi has pressure to do it again even though he, he he got some critics off his back from last year and then you have the brawl factor so yeah i think the scheduling all of that's perfect it is interesting how this will impact future scheduling though and i also would imagine because we have, do have some a quick tidbit here before we close up the show do you feel like this is just going to be a domino that falls before college football kind of across the board is this way? Because as I did mention at the top, and we've talked about rivals and opponents in West Virginia a little bit here as an opponent Pitt's going to be playing, the Big 12 has been doing this. And it's for not, they almost were forced to because they didn't have enough teams for a while. But they have been doing this with the two teams playing and sim something similar to this. Other conferences have had to go this route as well. Not everybody's been doing the division format. So do you feel like the ACC scrapping divisions, the Big 12 already doing it? Granted, there was controversy with a, a no one really being champion one year. Is that going to maybe lead to this just however many divisions and conferences, I'm sorry, however many conferences you have in college football, that is just always going to be the two top teams. People will get in rotations. You'll play everybody. It'll be the two best playing. Because honestly, Mike, even though this would be more difficult for Pitt, I do like this for the fact that this is more fair like you, you should have the two best teams playing for a championship. That just right. should be the case, no matter what conference it is, what's the situation, the two best teams should be playing. I could see an annoyance of another program saying, well, Pitt backdoored in or this team backdoored in in 2018. That the two best teams should play. Pitt deserved it last year for sure. They would have been anyway. But does this segue into how college football will be overall? And should it just get there where it's just always the two best teams, no more divisions, and we're just done with them? Yeah, I, I think it is. Like the Big uh, Ten, are they going to jump aboard? I don't know. Who knows their arrogance? Who knows what they think out over there? Yeah. The way they have it set up with uh, – it's only hurts hurts them. It, it just – for the life of me, I can't figure out um, their conference set or their, divi their division stand – divisions yeah. i mean they have like ohio having, state and michigan play michigan and the Penn last state week of the, the year and, yeah right. it's just 
ridiculous. Uh, you, you'd want, but that's a different subject. They, they should just do the two best teams, and if they want right, to have exactly. Ohio State and Michigan play every year, then they're in the rotation. If they don't want to have them in the rotation, then every other year you may not face each other, depending on what goes on. Yeah, I, but yeah, they're probably the last one that I would imagine would be hesitant, just because they want to. Yeah, do their own yeah, thing. just because you know, yeah, because they think they invented football. Right. But uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's good. And, I have a feeling this is like a sort of like a precursor to what's going to I think football is headed for major changes here. Um, yeah, we talked about that before. Yeah, I agree. Maybe this is this is the first step of that. Uh, who knows what the split? It's all going to be dictated by what goes on in the SEC. So maybe this is the this this is some way going to. Uh, leading right. up to that or for the play. This is probably has something to do with the playoffs as well, the college football playoffs so that they get their best teams in there or whatever. But uh, I, I think it's good. Uh, I, I think I like it. And it just forces teams to be, uh, to be better. If you want to play in the best game in your conference, you should be the best teams in your conference, not the, you know, the best team in your right. division. So uh, yeah. Because you know, if they, if they yeah. want to play there again and they want to have that great experience uh, for right. the university and their program, you know, it's going to take, uh, you know, it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of recruiting and uh, some good coaching. But I don't think that's something that's going to uh, uh, scare, you know, the coaching staff off. I think, you know, they're set up right now to be on a good run for the future. Let's just see if it uh, see if that all that's how it all plays out. Yeah, and I think they have tons of motivation for this coming season for a myriad of reasons, the backyard brawl being one to start things off. But then you want to defend the last Coastal Crown after you just won. So they want to really defend that, and then they want to show they can still be one of the top two teams. And not only do you defend the division, they want to remain one of the top two teams to legitimize getting in that game. And as much as I do think it's more fair and do kind of like it and think everyone should be this way, I'm sure, as you just touched on, the powerhouse programs, I'm sure that they are – excited because i'm sure that the programs out there that maybe are in tougher conferences etc they're probably big 10 sec maybe they're probably saying okay well now if you have a scenario where you know we don't want to have a scenario where Pitt gets in a conference championship game or another program like that where they were maybe the third or fourth best team they benefit off a division and then they upset somebody but we're the second best team in a really really tough conference and have to play all these ranked teams and they get in over us that would eliminate that scenario because now you can't be in the championship game unless you are one of the two best teams in your conference so we'll see if this gets to a scenario where the conference champ of the major conferences do get an automatic bid if they say expand the playoff to eight teams you give the conference champs an automatic because they're going to be one of the two best teams now and then you add a wild card spot or so for say a UCF for Cincinnati that seems like maybe that's where we're slowly going if the mm -hmm. Big Ten would jump aboard because then nobody could say that's unfair because only the two best teams could play in that game if you win you obviously are legitimizing it by beating the best team in the conference if say you're the second and then you would have a wild card spot so that could be where we're headed right now just before we close up shop here Pitt, in terms of their future, also relies on recruiting and also relies on building the future of the program. And obviously that has been a conversation and that's mainly what we do at Pittsburgh Sports Now. So thoughts on what's been going on, even some news from just last night as we record this here on a Thursday afternoon that could lead Pitt into the future and, and what maybe you were impressed by, that what we just saw for any fans not aware? Yeah, last night uh, at the Elite 11 camp, that's for the the, the top quarterbacks in the country high school quarterbacks in the country you only, you only go out there if you're yeah what they call it the elite 11 
Uh, they, <laughs> yeah. uh, they have a camp out in California. It's been going on forever. And uh, Pitt's uh, commit from Tennessee, from the state of Tennessee, Kenny Minchie, he, he was only uh, kind of strange rivals only has him as a three-star recruit. Uh, two, four, seven has him as a four-star recruit uh, composite, but last night of all the players, he was the, uh, for yesterday's competition, uh, he got the, uh, the MVP of the day as far as points for all the drills and all the uh, competitions they go through. Uh, and he's getting rave reviews as far as uh, uh, what these national analysts see out of him. So yeah. that's great news for Pitt. Uh, he's going to be there. Um, you know, the guy they're going to probably try to build this thing around. Uh, they were able to get him, uh, Signetti. Signetti and Jonathan DiBiasso got him out of Tennessee. And um, he, he's probably going to get rated. He's probably going to, because of this, he's probably going to get bumped up to a four-star recruit uh, based off of this performance. But that's a, that's a heck of an accomplishment to be the MVP uh, mm -hmm. when you're out there with all the rest of those uh, elite quarterbacks in the country. It's a, uh, it's a good thing uh, for him, but it's also a good sign, uh, I think, for the future of Pitt football. Yeah, and as Pitt fans are well aware, a elite quarterback can be a life changer for your program. Obviously, Kenny Pickett couldn't do it alone, but if he didn't become a Heisman candidate and get to that elite level and be what he became and then became that only quarterback drafted in the first round and now a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers – it wouldn't have happened for Pitt either. They wouldn't have become a special program and have that special year. So it's all about the QB. That's why they brought in Slovis. They want to not miss a beat. They don't want to wait two or three years before they pick it back up again after Pickett. But it also shows the future is bright after Slovis as well and that Pitt's building it up and they have their eyes on the future of this program for three, four, five, six-plus years down the road, which we've talked about on this show and certainly as a conversation, maybe they'll have a different mindset in terms of schedule molding, but I'm sure they're motivated by this news. I'm sure they won't be scared of anybody and they are trying to set themselves up for taking last year and building that to the future, not just last year. They want, that'll be a special season. They're always celebrate, but they want to make sure that that's not just an outlier and it can lead into the future of the program, getting back to where it once was or as close as it possibly could, I guess. That's the plan. So if Pitt does that and they keep on doing that and it looks like they're doing that recruiting-wise and with transfers and for this coming year, then all of this will just take care of itself. A lot of this will just take care of itself. They can't worry about what Florida State's doing and if they're ever going to get back to glory. Pitt's doing the right things at this point to keep that steam from last year. So, Mike, that'll do it for this edition of the show. We definitely had to touch on that, though, because it maybe went under the radar a little bit since people were expecting it, but it's a game-changer for the future of the ACC and certainly call it football. I do expect it to be eventually a future of an expanded playoff, eventually take those champs with one, two playing and maybe a wild card spot in every conference to do this, or at least they certainly should for Mike Vakovic. And I'm hey, Mike. Hey, Mike, hey, Mike. I, I have below. Absolutely. Yeah, I just have some, we just have some breaking news in here real quick. Oh, wow. Here uh, we go. It's from out. Uh, it's from out in a pack pac 10 or pack 12 reporter. He looks like okay. a legitimate reporter. He's uh He's reporting to talk about the future of college and all that stuff. He's a guy named John Wilner. He's reporting that USC and UCLA are planning to leave for the Big Ten as early as 2024. 
<laughs> we could do a whole nother show. Uh, <laughs> so, wow. of course, that's that's a domino similar to obviously the Oklahoma, Texas bomb of the Big 12 and voting for the SEC. People thought it would kill that conference. And then you have Cincinnati and UCF joining to kind of stabilize things. Who knows about the future of certain teams? What does that do to that conference? Because as you know, the, the, the Pac-12 has kind of been stabilized only by those elite programs, certainly USC. And that's wow. interesting, too with Addison going there and Lincoln Riley going there and figuring they had an figuring Mike. And we talked about this before and we're not doing this on this show. I guess maybe we'll have to have another one at some point here, but Lincoln Riley could benefit from it being pretty much of an easier path in the PAC 12 and pretty much always getting that bump of being a conference champion, likely no matter what the format is, it's going to be a little tough, tougher Ooh. sledding uh, now, regardless of what he's doing. So it's interesting if that's actually a good decision because I don't know if Oklahoma and Texas are making a good decision football wise, even if they are certainly money wise. So would USC be, but I'm glad we got that breaking news in here. Didn't plan it, but yeah, we'll touch on that. Cause that, that could certainly impact things. And I'm sure Pitt fans also are keeping a little close eye on what USC is doing for this off season and wouldn't mind it being a little tougher on USC, but that's an interesting decision. And not a surprising one because none of these, none of this news is ever surprising. Who knows, the way college, college football. football, as we've said, college football right. is nothing surprising. We but, have no idea what's heading with what's going to be going on here in the next four to five years. I think it's just just yeah. all going to get turned upside wow. down. Who knows? West Virginia and Penn State might end up in the same conference one day. Yeah, and honestly, because it just is starting to be a mental thing that makes no sense when you have USC joining the Big Ten, you have these teams joining here. Obviously, geography makes no difference to anything, and I guess it shouldn't now. But maybe these conferences need new names. Maybe we just need two super conferences and just, <laughs> you don't even, you know, honestly, it's like ACC. We Is everyone going to be on the coast? Is everyone really on the Atlantic coast? I don't know. So, uh, you know, certainly if you had West Virginia, it wouldn't be so. Who knows where things are headed now? Geography doesn't matter. Common sense doesn't matter. It's all no. about money. It's all about brand. And maybe we're just headed into two super conferences, no divisions, just play football. And I think while we're headed there, there are some programs that may regret us getting there once we get there, even if they make more money. Because there are some programs, as you know, that if we ever get there, they're going to be elite now, that they won't be elite anymore. They'll, they'll have they'll be well they'll be in a well difficult situation yeah. and 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 one of them is the one you just mentioned um in in Penn State as I'll call it that 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 that, that could, it could be very hard for them if that keeps on happening but we will see and we'll keep tabs because uh yeah the, you just never know for Mike Fakov again Mike Osti here follow Pittsburgh Sports Now as well PGH Sports Now on Twitter and Pittsburgh Sports Now online to get more news and get more analysis and obviously PSL here. Cause you just, you just freaking never knew. You just never know when news can break.